Hey there, WNBA Nation. This is Jason, editor and co-host here at the show. And I just wanted to jump on mic real quick to explain what's going on with this episode. Uh, you hear me do this every so often. Recording on this episode went a little bit long. So what happened is we were all together. We kind of watched the, the last half of the Liberty Mercury game together as a group and then immediately went in to record our reactions. So this is our reactions immediately post game. So we started off talking about the Liberty Mercury game. And then later on, we talked about the Dallas Sky game and we ran a little bit long. We had a lot of takes. Um, so hopefully you enjoy those. But so what I decided to do is to cut those into each of their own episodes. So what you're going to hear now is a recap of the uh, Liberty Mercury game. And then that's going to transition into predictions and discussion about the Storm Mercury game that's going to be coming up on Sunday. And then sometime either later today or tomorrow morning, I'm going to release the Dallas uh, Wings versus the Chicago Sky episode where we recap that game. And then obviously we are going to highlight Sky uh, Link's uh, matchup that's coming up on Sunday as well. So this is the first installment of the two episodes. So make sure to watch for that on your timeline. You've got this one and you're going to have the other one following it up immediately. Uh, here in the next day or so. So enjoy, uh, enjoy our discussion, uh, especially around the Phoenix Mercury, the Liberty, and kind of what we can expect coming up in this next one. Uh, but I will get out of the way, and here is the show. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, this is Liz Cambay. This is Nikki Collin. What up, guys? This is Epic Sarkis. Hey, this is Imani Mee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. WNBA Nation! It's happening! I'm gonna say it! Welcome to this playoff edition of the show. Night one of the 2021 playoffs are done and dusted. They were as dope as you were hoping they would be. We have two great games. One of them a phenomenal game, if I do say so myself to talk about. But... More so, another gift for you. We got a full house tonight. All four of the crew are here to talk ball. Kyle, Jason, Logan, make yourselves known. How we doing? Hey, what's up, guys? I'm so, so happy that all four of us are on tonight. I Great night. Fun night. Playoff basketball. Everything. I'm not... I The, the last... At least the final game too. Like the the night ended on such a level of excitement that I lost my entire uh, Grand Canyon University rant. I was prepared to go on this episode. I, I had it prepared in my head, and by the time the night ended, I was like, oh, "I just want to talk about the games." It was a fun night of games. We'll just talk about the games. Everyone knows how stupid it is that WNBA teams have to play on college courts because of stupidness. So you guys know that rant. Have that rant. In your homes, with your family, with your friends. Insert that rant here, because y'all know what we're going to say about yeah. it. <laughs> it's a stupid thing, but I, I'm ready to talk good stuff. Uh, it's just there's, there's just so much going on. Really quick, however, let's uh, let's do some quick business, of course. As always, uh, we are here uh, guiding into your eardrums through whatever pod platform that you are looking for. If you want... To have some dynamic experience to listen to us, you can, of course, check us out on the Twitch. We live stream almost every episode, um, and we love the opportunity to do that with you. We have a great interaction with our Twitch chat family, our followers, subscribers, 
and whatnot. So we'd love to, to see you there. You'll get to see some bonus content there as well. You can follow us on Twitter at WNBA Nation Pod. Likewise, over on Facebook, if you're looking to give us a little bit of extra support on the side, check out our store envy page. We've got a great merch lineup and uh, an even higher improved level of merch down the line. We've got some cool revamping coming up. Any Anything else uh, business-wise, plug-wise, anything else you want to call out? Or should we just t- start talking about playoff basketball? Playoff basketball, dude. I think you hit all the main points. And anybody, most people who are tuning in right now have already know the rundown. I love it. You've covered it. Let's freaking talk some basketball. Okay. <laughs> um, now, we did discuss the order, and I uh, was so... My brain was so melted still from that last fourth quarter. I forget, where, where are we headed? <laughs> are we headed to Phoenix, or are we headed to Chicago to kick this off? I need, and it is a need, to discuss Sophie Cunningham. Absolutely. Let's talk about Sophie Cunningham. The Phoenix Mercury beat the eight seed New York Liberty 83 to 82 to advance to the second round. They'll be matching up against the Seattle Storm. Uh, they'll be destined to do this thing forever. Um, what an absolutely insane night this was. This was probably the game that most people were expecting a similar result that we saw. In the other matchup, if not worse, I think a lot of people were expecting this to have a little bit of a blowout feel, and it sort of looked like that for a little bit in the first quarter. New York had a bit of a run. It was a one-score game after the first quarter, uh, and then a lot of chippy back and forth. And if you have a chance to check the game cast and look at the scoring route, you'll see at the fourth quarter was all things bonkers. Uh, absolutely, you know, it was, it was one of those games where it just seemed like any team was in the driver's seat at any given moment, and there were a lot of unsung heroes or unexpected heroes, and for goodness sake, was Sophie Cunningham the star of this episode? Six for nine from the field, six for seven from three, four for four from distance in the fourth quarter alone, 21 points, and I'll tell you right now, the Mercury needed every last one of them to pull this one off. Guys, talk to me about uh, what is one of the best playoff matchups we've had in a good while. Yeah, I was so... uh, Well, when we did a preview of of the games that were going to happen today, Logan and I talked about how we expected one of the games to be a blowout and the other game to be... Uh, pretty close. We were correct in that aspect. We just got the games wrong. <laughs> yep. Um, we just had it flipped because, uh, we expected Phoenix to really hand it to, uh, New York, but they, Phoenix absolutely needed every last, like, little bit that came from Skydig and Cunningham and Griner and Turner and, Basically, everybody on that roster had to come through in a big way um, and play big minutes, and they did, um, just barely squeaking out the one-point victory over New York. Um, all I'm saying is I'm pretty sure uh, Sophie Cunningham's probably going to get like a random drug test uh, from the, the league <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, this is one of those. Because she went, she went that far off that people were like, oh, randomly going to make sure you're clean, right? Like, Because you just, she, she absolutely... Uh, took over on a low volume shooting night. She went six for nine. All six of those buckets were, were from behind the arc. Just a phenomenal yeah. performance. And some of the understated things, um, she had, uh, not a ton of rebounds and assists as far as box score goes, but 
the rebounds and assists that she had were in the biggest of moments. Mm-hmm. She had a, a, a set where she hit a three, went down on a defensive stop, got a big board, came down, dribbled up, and then kicked it over to Skydig, um, who had like the craziest uh, three point make I've ever seen. She where touched it, every it touched, square inch of the court. It touched every part of the rim and, and the board twice, and then went in. Like, it was wild. Is that really going in? <laughs> oh, so it was. It was a phenomenal game. Um, honestly, I did not expect this game to be as fun as it was. Shouts to uh, New York for for putting up uh, just an incredible fight against the Merc here. Um, halfway through the fourth quarter, I was like, I don't, I don't know who I want to win this game. I just don't want this game to end. Yeah. So that, that, that was my thoughts and feelings. Yeah. On it. And that was, I, that was the, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll hit New York in a second. So let's keep on this train. Jason, go ahead. Yeah. I just a couple points coming out of that. I agree with everything you guys said. Uh, two things I want to, to make clear um, to highlight why plus minus is my least favorite stat. Cunningham coming out minus three on the uh, night. I'm so glad you called this out because I was going to call it out. Minus three. Um, you know what? Minus three. Your face. I don't have a good comeback. Yeah. But no, that, that, stat, that stat is so useless to me. Anyways, that uh, number two, if you guys are aware of what drug makes you go 85% beyond the arc, I, I need uh, I need to talk to a dealer. <laughs> I, I don't know what drug that is, but I need that. Um, but no, it. what... What I saw tonight, obviously it was, it was a really close game and stuff. And I think the story coming out of this game for me is that Phoenix has the depth they need because New York's plan defensively was eliminate Griner, which they did for part of the game. Griner ended up making some noise later on, but eliminate Griner, push the ball out, and then we'll just try to deal with, with the reigning threes that are going to come or with, you know, with, with the three point game and some, some of the distant shooting. And the fact that when that happened, they were like, Hey, Cunningham. Get us 20 something points and, you know, Skylar Diggins Smith, get us 20 something points. So for me in playoff basketball, that's a big story, which is, you know, you go up against these defenses. If they take out your number one and your number two, do your numbers three through six have the scoring ability to win games? And for Phoenix, the answer was yes. I, they, they did great. Yeah. I, it, Logan. And that's the thing that makes this interesting <laughs> is, um, in all cases, like, would you even call Cunningham even generally your sixth? It was just kind of like someone step up and and get mm-hmm. a hat in the ring, and then we'll make you know we'll figure this one out. Uh, and that's where I thought her performance was was stellar on that end. And to New York's point, the strategy they had was a sound one, and for the most part, they delivered on it pretty well for a good while. It's just that as soon as you know, we've talked already so much about Sophie. I have a feeling Logan's got a lot more to talk about in a minute. But as she starts <laughs> feeling it, as Turner starts playing, at, you know, like she starts ramping up defensively, it just got to a point where, like, the whole thing went haywire, and it just came down to like we just got to get buckets, and they were getting those buckets. That's what made this game so nuts. Was they they for a good stretch in that fourth quarter had an answer seemingly every time. To the point where, like, 0.4 seconds with an inbound in my head, I'm like, I just kind of feel like it might go in. Like, I've, I've never had that feeling with that short of a clock, but I'm like, the way the night's gone. Logan, I feel like I cut you off, and you were the one who wanted to uh, to lay in on this. So so feel free to take the floor from me. No, not at all. This is uh, my favorite time of year is when we're all on the pod together talking playoffs. This is as fun for me, uh, hopefully, as it is for the listeners to get all, all of your takes on this game. 
Uh, obviously, we want to start with Phoenix. I do have lots of New York takes as well, but they won this game not only without Tarazi in the lineup, but with six players. I know Kia and Bria technically played like three minutes each, but they really didn't register like a stat as far as I can tell. I think they each got like a foul or something. So it was really, it's the starting five and Sophie. Um, and it, you know, it bears repeating just because it was such a good basketball game um, that, you know, Sophie could have had an average night and they would have lost this game by a couple possessions. But she goes out there and has a Diana Tarazi like performance because this is just a professional organization. I love how the Mercury runs things. I love that you can count on them every year. Maybe that's like boring of me because I, I also like, I was rooting for New York at the end of this game. I like the underdog. I thought maybe a, a New York single elimination game against a wounded Seattle team would be, you know, potential for some real chaos. But, you know, you look at the end result and you just say, this is what Phoenix does. The Mercury are such a good basketball team that even without their star out there, they know how to win these games because they've been there so many times before. And it, like, it was just, it was fun. It was inspiring. It, it was fun to see Twitter ignite with Sophie, you know, fever. That's, yeah, that's the sort of thing that you ex- that you want in the playoffs because this is now a moment that years in the future when we're doing this pod we're going to talk about. I think you mentioned before the recording, like like the Suberg mask game is like the gold standard of like moments that we've experienced together watching mm-hmm. like watching the league as a as a show as co-hosts. This this is like up there for me. This registers as like, hey, we got this plucky. You know, New York Liberty team that won two games last year. They have no business being here, but they've got a bunch of stars on the team they acquired. Sabrina had a good game, but Najelani's doing her thing. Um, and then you look at who's on Phoenix's roster and you're like, holy crap, like this matchup is colossal. Like it doesn't feel like it because the Liberty haven't been good lately, but this year they were good. I think they deserve to be in the playoffs. I'm glad they were there, but you run up against Skyler Diggins Smith, who's always going to give you scoring. You run up against Griner, who's always going to cause problems. I think I think worrying about Griner is what made a lot of the stuff down the stretch in this game happen for Phoenix. Uh, right. Because the Liberty were so concerned that that was going to be who beats them. And yeah, Sophie just going off. I mean, if she, you know, one errant, you know, pass or, you know, well, she, it, she draws iron and this is one of those threes when she's on a hot you, streak and this is a totally different game. This year and and Phoenix's playoff win last year definitely have shown, and obviously DT played last year. I'm not trying to claim that, but while she was out tonight, you could definitely feel her impact in this game because Phoenix has never been scared. Obviously, someone like D and players like Griner and Skydig are players who want that ball in pivotal moments, but they've never been afraid to trust anyone on their roster with the moment if it comes to it. That's why no, Shea yeah. Petty got her moment last I, year. And I think with I Cunningham, it, yeah. you could see you could see that influence of DT looking at Cunningham and saying, like, for goodness sake, if you have the ball, put it in the hole. That's that's what you're here to do. And, and if, for me, yeah, Cunningham went at, beyond her sorry, stats. Sorry, it's just it tonight for her, her performance, what I loved, it's similar, like I said before we hit record. I wouldn't commit the sin of saying this was just like the 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 mask night with Subert, but it was a similar flavor. Because it went beyond the points, it went beyond her stats, it went beyond what she put together. It's it's not just her making these these huge shots, it's her drawing at Liberty players. It's her getting the ire of I, Beck Allen. I liked the technical. It's her, 
Yeah, it's it's that. <laughs> I mean, it was soft. It's the her legitimately was soft. like you. She got obviously she's in front of a home crowd, but the entire crowd is behind her. Like if honestly at that point it was the crowd would have been more than happy for Sophie Cunningham to take every single shot the rest of the way. Like they were <laughs> so in, true. They were like, this is our, this is our player. Like, and because it was the attitude, it was that, and, and, and it turned it into this very competitive, very intense matchup where I made the comment on the broadcast. Every time a team made a bucket, the camera cut to a player on that team looking angry. Like it was yeah. just, it was that type of game where it was just like yeah. every bucket was a take that bucket. And it was, it, it, it was so much fun to watch. And she really put a stamp on that environment. Like she created this, this buzz, this amalgamation that got put together where it felt like anything, you know, at any point yeah. she was going to make that move. And, you know, a- yeah. One of the greatest things in basketball is when everyone in the building recognizes that someone's in the zone. And if they so much as touch the ball, there's just like this hubbub that rises, like this noise. It's just like, are they going to do it? Um, and I, I love that. I, like I said, I, I was gutted for the Liberty at the end of this game because I found myself rooting for at least overtime and kind of pulling for them to pull off the underdog victory. But you can't deny that Phoenix is just such a well-run team yeah. to be prepared for this moment. And to have to have a player be able to step in, like a six-woman rotation in a playoff game is hard to pull off. You need production like that to make it far. But like Phoenix isn't happy with a first-round victory alone. Like They've got their sights set on a championship every year. And that's sort of the person you need. Like If you look at recent history, I know Seattle bullied teams last year and they probably could have done they probably could have done it with fewer players, but like, I think they won the title last year in large part to Jewel Lloyd. And I think mm-hmm. before that, you got a Mystics championship because of finals MVP Emma Meesman. Like, you expect mm-hmm. your stars to do their jobs, and then you expect your team to step up and play as a team when the moment there's, is biggest. Well, and there's an Big argument. players, uh-huh. Sophie Cunningham's one of them. Yeah, I mean, you go back to 2018, you can call out Stewie, you can call out Sue Bird. Um, they don't, they may not get to the finals if it isn't for Kalina Mosqueda Lewis and Sammy Whitcomb. I, the fun yeah. thing about playoff sports is those characters, like who's that character going to be? Like, who is it? Cause it, it's often not who you think it's going to be. And out of nowhere, someone rises up and you're like, Ooh, this is fun. That's why the Shea Petty shot last year was honestly one of my favorite basketball moments. Capital B basketball at any level of like the last decade. It was your classic buzzer beater, but it was like, how many people watched that shot go up? And while they're celebrating, we're also waiting, going like, wait a minute, wait a minute. But who's she petty? Like, and that's like yeah, something about that <laughs> moment. It was just like, oh, this is so cool. Just seeing. Yeah. Another great one is uh, Dierka Hamby shooting from half court with like eight seconds left. It's like Dierka Hamby, like you've got time to pass it to a bigger name player, but it went in. So like, it's, all right, let's it's go. only not the best. It's only not the best butter buzzer beater in WNBA history because it wasn't at the buzzer. Like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's still like three seconds left. Like the best, left. Yeah. To put it in Twitter terms, it was the best. No, no, no. Yes. Like almost ever. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and now I do. Uh, yeah. I do want to hear from everybody a little bit about your, your Liberty takes, because this is sort of the, like, all right, we got to wrap up the Liberty season before we move to the next game because they're three years old. Yeah. And, uh, Seafoam Nation, your team did you proud. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that that yes. was just a great basketball game. It wasn't 
oh, we're the eight seed. We're not even supposed to be here. It was just two playoff basketball games, like basketball teams playing a, a game worthy of the moment. Yeah, I, I love uh, a lot of what we saw tonight. There are a few personnel-related discussions that I look at that I go, um, you know, you had your, you had Onion Wede at nine minutes. I thought Didi looked pretty smooth early on in the night, and I would have liked to see more minutes possibly in the second half to kind of speed things up. But at the same time, it's a one-point game that came Most down to way. kind of a, t- a tick at the end came down to a bit of a ticky-tack foul. It's hard to say like what really could have changed other than for me to say um for the Liberty fan who's frustrated and upset, I get you. Come talk to us next year. I have a feeling you're going to be in a much better mood next year. I'm not saying you're going to necessarily pull in hardware. I'm not saying you're going to get a ring, but I am saying this is this is a team that is building a foundation. They're going to be a discussion point roster for quite a while. You didn't have but half a season of Natasha Howard, if that. I a lot less than half a season, I'd say, with Natasha Howard. Yeah, yeah Sabrina in and out, not able to find her full rhythm. There's a lot left in this in this cut. And then you might have done just a small like you might have been able to do just not enough that the two wins last year sort of helps you in the draft situation. And you might at least have good trade fodder. This this team uh, sees no regression from this night. If anything, tonight was a great sampling of some exciting stuff to come. I just am sad that it it came down to a bit of a, a you know it was a legitimate foul. It just sucks yeah, that that's what it, yeah. it, it sucks that it's what that's what it came down to because. Yeah. Um, Every, I think we all were just kind of in agreement. I'm not saying I wanted the Liberty to win as much as I wanted to say, like, I wanted five more minutes of this game. Yeah. It's, I don't ever, right. I tweeted this and I'm not really exaggerating. I don't ever really want to see a whistle under two seconds. Yeah. And I don't ever want to see back to back timeouts at the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. I don't want anyone <laughs> seeing the kicker. Necessary. At, at least yeah. they didn't throw a, a review on us. That That's the yeah, WBA's. That yeah. Uh, I, I, I agree with you guys. I think. If you look at a trajectory going from two wins and kind of the laughing stock of the season last year to 12 wins and legitimate chance at winning the first round of the playoffs, like trajectory is in their favor. Like Steve said, the WNBA is unique in a lot of leagues where it's your last two years performance that determines your placement in some level to in the draft. I still don't fully understand everything, but I know that it's they consider your last two years. So. The two losses or the two wins from last year actually still helps them. So they've got a decent shot at a draft. I think the story of New York over the next five years is going to be whether Inescu develops into the player that everyone was hoping she was when she got drafted. Um, I, I think that they've built this team in such a way that if she becomes a superstar, like she was expected to, I think that they, they can make a really deep run. And if she doesn't, if she if she plays at the level she's playing at now, which is is fine, and if she makes some small improvements, even then they've built enough around her to be a really fun team. But to to bring home hardware two three years from now, I think it's going to be around her, you know, taking on that superstar MVP type role. That was yeah, actually what I, I was going to ask you and Kyle because I want to get Kyle back in here. I know I just cut him off, but <laughs> uh, yeah. do, you think, do you think New York needs to go get somebody, or is it going to be enough to progress <clears throat> Sabrina and Michaela and Dee Dee? Is that enough to, is that enough? Like, can they win with the core they have? 
or so, are they going to need to make like a big pickup? I really, really like the kind of the the first seven players on this New York roster. Um, I think they have some depth issues later down the road, but the first seven I really like a lot. You've got Benijah Laney, who on any given night gives MVP level performances, right? You've got Natasha Howard, um, who if, if anybody's been paying attention to the league for the last four years knows exactly what Natasha Howard can mean to a team. She's a difference maker and uh, a champion. Sammy Whitcomb finally getting her due. Um, only has been on the bench prior to this season because she was behind, you know, one of the best players in the league in Jewel Lloyd. And then Yonescu, who came into the league with a lot of hype and actually came in and d- performed at that hype until her injury. Coming out of that injury, not maybe not 100%, trying to find her rhythm in the middle of a season. Um, I think Yonescu's best days are still ahead of her. And then they pretty much, so when we're looking at the all rookie team, <laughs> that we're trying to put together for a uh, post postseason. There's only about four rookies I want to put out there. I yeah. just want to leave the fifth one blank. And two of those rookies play for New York. Mm-hmm. Onion Wede and Didi Richards, those two are probably, if I had to pick two uh, rookies out of this whole draft class, that's probably my number one and two right there. Um, and they both are in New York. So I think... Um, Off-season wise, you don't need to do a ton. You don't need to go make a splash. You need to make a solid. You just need to have a good off-season. You don't need to go like blow things up and and get crazy and go for broke and and go try and snag like Tina Charles back. You know, like you don't need to do that. Just to go have a solid off-season where you add a little bit of depth and continue to develop what you have. Um, we've said this before, New York feels a little bit like Seattle storm did back in like 2017 where like the pieces are there and the talents there, but it hasn't had a chance to really blossom together yet. Keep this team together as a core for another, you know, two, three years. And I, I think this team could really make some noise and, uh, and be a contender. Yeah. I, uh, I I just got on Twitter and saw some quotes from uh, coach Walt. I don't know if you guys have seen any of this. This is, this is not exactly breaking, but during the post game presser, He's talking about the free throw disparity, maybe some disrespect, uh, not being, mm-hmm. you know, not being respected as, as a young team with young players. Um, did you guys feel any of that? I, I was keeping up with this game, feeling like it was a really good game. I didn't really notice the officiating, but I wouldn't be mad if you guys had a different take on that. I just, I didn't, to me, it just sounds like Walt is frustrated and that's, that's, mm-hmm. That makes sense, but is that some, there, is there a smoke it, or fire there? It, I mean, there were a couple calls I I could have turned my eyes at here and there, but I, I I don't think free throw disparity to me was a big difference. In in I mean, obviously, yes, it's like it's more points, so that's obviously yeah. there. But it's the I don't think the free throw disparity broke uh, the momentum or spirit of this Liberty team by any stretch. So I I didn't look at it as in, in that level. Um, I think what's helping there is he is calling certain specific spots and saying specifically like the, the Turner call at the very end, isn't the frustration point that that happens, but it's him saying like, that's coupled on top of these similar plays that didn't get a call. And that's the frustration. And I think yeah. He's, yeah. he might be doing the Fizdale, like they're not going to rook us type of call. Like <laughs> look at, look at what's happening here. And but at the end of the day, it's not really because this was a 
Honestly, at, at, up until that point at the end was the first time I thought about a free throw putting Phoenix over the top and being like, ah, oh, this. Because honestly, mm-hmm. everything else that I can think of was, you know, Liberty leaving out enough space for the Mercury to come in and steal the show. Because, you know, at, if, if, for instance, if Sophie Cunningham, 21 points, if she took more than three free throws to get those numbers, that's a case where I say it. Um, but I look at like, you know, Brie Turner got to the line nine times. She, she had the most shots of any player in this game, but Griner only went to the line twice. She only shot four free throws. Sky only shot two free throws. These are players that traditionally are probably getting that star treatment from the officials and it's not really happening. So, you know, 18 shots isn't such a catastrophic number of, of shots. Yes. Your squad only had seven, um, but I, it, it never once felt like that type of eye roll. And I complained about mm-hmm. that eye roll in a lot of games I watch, and this wasn't it. Yeah, so that's that stands out to me, I think, in a lot of ways. To answer your one question, Logan, I would say as far as changes for New York, I, I don't sense that in the back of my head of like, I don't know that they need to change anything. They had, they didn't really get a full season with this squad alone. I think there's a lot that they can build off of there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's certain pieces that they can build off of. And this is on top of the fact that I agree with Kyle in what UNESCO, we haven't seen her even remotely close to her ceiling because she, she hasn't found her shot yet. Mm-hmm. You know, go watch her senior year of Oregon from distance she's going to fix, she's going to get that back. She's going to figure that out. And once, once she starts feeling more confident in her scoring ability, um, you're going to, you're going to see a team full of, of stat weapons. That's already put together with some strong defenders. I would just say, I don't have like contracts in front of me. I don't know free agencies. I don't know trade scenarios. I don't know anything. I want no one to take stock. If I were to call out names at all. This is me throwing things out. So if you think that anything I say speculation wise from now to eternity is stupid, it's because it's probably stupid, but like I see a scenario where they, they might bolster the backcourt with one. If they can add a name to that backcourt, I think they would do it. I think if the, if, if the, the Jewel Lloyd era in Seattle is over, New York's one of the first places I would look at and go, New York would be a great spot. They would, they would be able to, to talk her into that dream backcourt. Um, it, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm not saying that's not me That'd saying the there's this jersey I would ever buy. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine a, a UNESCO Whitcomb Jewel Lloyd like trio that in the backcourt? Yeah. yeah. And that's on top of the fact that like you, Walt might be more than comfortable with Sammy. He might, he might be very comfortable with saying like, you know what? Actually, She's shown a lot of her value. Like, we're going to see what we get here. Cause I'll tell you what right now, when we get to like 2022 predictions, like our resolutions, like I've got Sammy Whitcomb 2022 all star already written in for the Liberty. Like that's, that's, that's my goal for her. Cause I think she has an inner. And yes, that it's not like a big three level type of move, but I think it works there. But. We've seen what Howard and Laney and Whitcomb and Inescu, what they can do on their best night. You have the front runner rookie of the year. You have Didi Richards 
it's going to work. I just think bolstering that. The only thing I would really add is some veteran leadership. If you can add yeah. some people to, to this roster who, who really truly been there, I think that helps. And that's about the whiskey. Cause that's probably the only thing that makes total sense to me. But, yeah. um, yeah. I, I, I did want to, uh, and I want Jason to, to end in this as well. I, uh, on your question as far as like the, um, the refereeing goes, there was a couple instances tonight that I thought, um, it did go veteran ways, if that makes sense. There was, there was a play where UNESCO was guarding Skydig, um, and it was textbook defense, little to no contact. Um, and Skydig went up like with, with the appearance that she was being fouled and it, and it got called. Now, if you flip the script and you take, uh, you know, let's say that you take Sammy Whitcomb making that same move on the other end of the court and it's, uh, Skydig guarding her, I think that, Sammy doesn't get that call or UNESCO might not get that call or Becca Allen doesn't get that call. Like I, I do see a little bit of that. And there was a few instances of that tonight. Now, again, in a close game like this, of course you're going to focus on in on that. Um, and, uh, and I know that Walt mentioned that and, but I, I think that there was a little bit of that for this New York team kind of throughout the season. Um, and I think anybody would be blind to the fact that, you know, certain certain players in different leagues get calls. And, uh, and so, so I'm not blind to that. I, I do think there was a little bit of that. I don't think that it's, um, you know, I, I think that it's only being brought up because this was a one point victory. Um, you know, and, and that's a, again, it's a shout out to the Liberty. It's just one more thing that they were trying to overcome tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I, yeah. Yeah. Please Jason. Yeah. I, I, I agree with Kyle. So, I generally have an aversion to the idea of, of, oh, you know, the, the ref did this, the ref did that. Because at the professional athletics level, you should be able to play against the other team and the refs any given night because you don't know which way the refs are going to fall because the refs are imperfect. They're not going to make the right call every time. They're not going to be perfectly balanced. And so you've just got to understand that that's part of the game. And I feel like it's this desire of like a one point difference. Therefore, it's a free throw. It's like any, shot from the field, any defensive play, like there's so many places you can make up that one point that it it doesn't necessarily come down to the free throw or the officiating. And my bigger concern with it as an organization and tonight's the night they lost. Walt Hopkins is probably just blowing off steam and he's going to regroup and, and move forward. But my fear, whenever I hear that from a team, especially from a coach is if you're thinking the ref screwed us over, you're not thinking how could we have won that game? And that's the question you need to ask if you want to grow for next year of what could we have done differently in that moment that would have gotten the win regardless of the refs, because there's no way for me to get the refs on See, my side. That's completely out of my control. When you, when, right. when you look at the quote, I will say, I don't necessarily think the intention Walt had was like the refs screwed us over. I actually think what he's trying, the only thing he's trying to get out right now is I'm not coming in here saying that a foul on Bree Turner is what mm-hmm. lost us this game. I think it's really just him saying there's lots of calls that we could complain about. It's not this one. This wasn't the difference. Mm-hmm. There's lots of things. I, 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 I get there's a natural frustration, but I think his point was just to say like, I'm not going to come in and play the, if it weren't for that call, 
it's our yeah. game. I think it, I, but I think it turned into a, yes, there were frustration points and yes, there was a free throw to spare. I think, I think people are sweetening the quote just a tiny bit mm-hmm. to make it bigger than it was because, and also knowing Walt and, and we've talked to him before that whatever his tone was about the matter, it probably plays a role too. I'd be interested in seeing if you, we can listen back to the presser and seeing what his tone and his cadence was. Yeah, Cause that's a good point. if it's very much just him kind of going matter of factly in my head, I go, this was probably a passing comment because, um, I just feel like if I'm Walt Hopkins, I go into that locker room and just say like, I'm, you know what? We're going home, but I'm pretty damn proud of you guys. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. just so you know, I'm fired up to coach this team again next season. Cause if, if that's the team that I get a coach, we're going to make some pretty good noise. And that's the interesting case. So, so I, Jason, your point's totally valid. You, you don't want to be, you don't want anything to hang off of that. The last thing you want to do is harp on things that are, are seemingly out of your control. I just think that as we look at the quote and we look at how it's presented, I don't get the sense that that was his immediate take. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it's, but it's hard because I, it, I get it when you only had seven free throws, but it's when I, when I've seen that frustration, it's often when the disparity is glowing, like they've mm-hmm. had over 20, they've gone, went to the line over 20 times. You maybe went to the line 10. Like I've seen games where it was like, okay, see, yeah, that I would see why you'd be concerned. And it usually incorporates one or two players getting this overwhelming amount of trips to the line, which mm-hmm. didn't quite happen here. So yeah, I, that's a tough case. I, I, we've, we've put a lot of real estate into this. I'd like to go ahead and move on really quick. Let's go ahead. Um, while we're on the Phoenix train, I'm just going to roll right in to their next matchup Sunday, Seattle. Uh, the, the matchup I think <laughs> most people have been ready for. If we have a healthy D by then, and let's all hope so, we, you know, you get the classic DC reunion. Um, this will be a fun night of matchups, actually. Um, Which installment and- of Phoenix Seattle is this? Is it like, like number twenty five? <laughs> what like- version of this? Yeah, I feel like it's every season we get something like this. Yeah, but yeah. I because love it every season. We deserve it. You know, it's ours to, to have and love. Uh, but you're looking at three o'clock Eastern at the Angel of the Winds Arena in Everett, uh, big time here. So. Simply, we're looking forward to it. This is a Seattle team that I believe, Logan, you called them wounded, which is probably a good way to put it. It's hard to tell what energy level they're going to be at. Um, it was a punch to the gut when, when Stewie went down. But obviously, talented in their own right, they were able to get, I would say, a pretty welcome rest coming into this bye. But you're a Phoenix team that got an immense shot in the arm. Um. I would just pass it over to you guys. What's the storyline coming into this matchup? What are you guys looking most forward to? Well, I, you know, I'm going back and forth on this one. It could probably be swayed either way. I I think I know who I'm picking. Um, But it bears mentioning, like, Seattle hasn't just been, like, bad the last week of the regular season. They played a really great game against Connecticut in the Commissioner's Cup win which was August 15th or before August 15th is over a month ago. Mm. And then they've been very average since then. And obviously Mm -hmm. a big part of that is Bree Stewart's injury. But even outside of that, I mean, they didn't replace any of her production in some games. 
And well, it's that's been and, and by the way, it, a little bit. her injury uh, is only a, really a portion, like a fraction of that time too. I mean, there was a good uh, yeah, yeah. seven, they eight were losing, stretch. They were they losing were, games before that. Yeah, it was pretty yeah, consistent. So but at the same time, uh, the last game of the regular season was a nine-point Seattle victory over Phoenix where Jewel Lloyd just torched them. I mean, they couldn't do anything against Jewel at all. So you wonder, going into this, to me, I think the biggest storyline is Phoenix just escaped an eight-seed Liberty team because Sophie Cunningham had the game of her life. Now they face a Seattle team who they just let Jewel Lloyd go off for like the best game of her life. Which you know, which one's gonna have back to back great games? Like, is, is Jewel gonna be able to show up and drop another thirty burger, or are they gonna solve her? And is Sophie gonna stay hot, or is that gonna regress? And they're only gonna have basically their starting five with no bench. Are you are you starting it's Sophie tough. on Sunday? I don't. I don't think I, I mess with the rotation. Okay, you're I not. Think I yeah, keep, so I think I keep with the, the pattern. So the 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 Shea the Shea the starting lineup rotation still works for you? Yeah, I think so. Unless I mean, maybe you want to throw Seattle off a little bit, get off to a strong start in the first quarter. I don't know. The numbers, I mean, it's it's Petty didn't look phenomenal in her general performance. She went two for fourteen from the field. I will say it would looked it, it the spacing looked good. Um, she mm-hmm. did well rotation wise in helping the spacing work for. Griner and especially for for Skydig in terms of putting her in situations to make shots that Sky likes to make, so that worked. Um, yeah, I almost think you, like if you if you start Sophie, you're almost asking for her to try and repeat the Sophie show. That's not fair on anyone, I think. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. but if you're if you're keeping things close, competitive, and energetic as would be expected against Seattle, and in walks Sophie Cunningham at that point, I think that's more impactful. Like it's yeah. that class, like go, like go get them, like like you know, uh, and, and obviously, obviously, Tarazi is a big question mark for this one too. That's a big storyline that we'll have to just kind of keep an eye on because if she's back, then that's you get DT versus Sue and playoff jewel for again, like we've seen that matchup several times, and it's always really close. So I don't know if there's a definitive like if they're fully healthy, this team's going to get the win. I'm, I know Phoenix has like all the momentum right now and feels like they're playing better basketball. I'm looking at that Jewel Lloyd performance at the end of the year and feeling like maybe there's nothing Phoenix can do if Lloyd is, is going to take over the game because she is, I think she's an MVP caliber player. And especially if DT is out, I think she'll be the best player in this game. If they turn her and loose, to, which to it me, looks like that they, makes me want to yeah. pick Seattle. But, but like, I've been so down on Seattle for the past month, it feels weird to pick them in an elimination game against a team we just saw pull out of, like, a great win. But I, I think I'm leaning Seattle's way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I definitely, I, I feel you for sure on there. Um, any other call outs for this matchup? Um, Kyle? Logan? No. Jason, I mean? Kyle. Yeah, Kyle, go for it. No, I, I was going to say I, I'm good. I think you guys have covered it. Um, I'll jump in. I'm I'm up on my hard cutoff, so I'm going to have to jump off after this. But um, you guys are more in touch with, like, the Twitterverse and, and stuff. Do we have any inkling? Is is Stewie out, out, or is... Because is, I last I saw was an announcement that she's out for the regular season. So I haven't heard whether or not they they think she's going to be good to go or not. There's a chance 
uh, of her coming in. Um, I they've they've been a little bit tight lipped on it, uh-huh. but yeah, they said the rest of the regular season they did not rule out the playoffs. So I think there's obviously a chance there, but I, as far as like betting odds, I I probably wouldn't bet on seeing her. Uh huh. Um, but that's just that that's kind of the vibe I've I've gotten yeah. so far um, on this. But yeah. I mean, same thing with with uh, Phoenix missing DT. You know, DT might be a she might be back and who knows maybe she doesn't progress to where she comes back mm-hmm. either but yeah, so I it, you know it's, it's gonna be for sorry i'd say for for seattle's sake if i'm being completely frank um just obviously i'm not here to make mnba comparisons but seeing what's happened in recent years to kevin durant trying to speed back in during pivotal mm-hmm. playoff time seeing what happened to anthony davis in the playoffs recently when he was trying to speed back from the injury I just think it's in Seattle and Stewie's best interest to just say she's out yeah. and do your best to make it work. Yeah. I I Which, actually am very concerned at the long-term ramifications of trying to speed her back onto the court. Yeah. That's, that's my personal opinion. Yeah. Oh. I, I think it's pretty telling that when she got hurt, she was evaluated that Tuesday by the, by the staff, and they quickly ruled her out the rest of the season. Yeah. So yeah. even though I, they've been tight-lipped about details since then, it tells me a lot that they instantly I, shut her down. The rest this sounds calloused. It's not meant to be calloused at all. I A part of me believes them saying they're evaluating to see if she's playoff eligible was more of a business decision than anything else. It was yeah. essentially mm-hmm. saying, we still would like you to come and support the team, come to the game. We believe in our team. We think that they can win in the playoffs, so still come support the team. She may be there. But she also may not. I'm not saying they tried to swindle people into the building, but I think it's that no, idea. If, a, if if we a, just say she's gone, gone, practice. gone, there's yeah. a lot of people that would just back out. So that's a part. Of it. I I, yeah. I honestly and personally nervous that like I would prefer to not see her in the terms of unless for some reason it's like it's it's titanium and she can like knock on it yeah. and it's perfect <laughs> like. I uh, would just say let's let's reevaluate. It's it's just too scary so, situation for me. So for me, I'll, I'll give you guys kind of my keys of the game and then a quick pick, and then I got to jump off. But um, for me, then I think the game is going to come down to because I I don't think Sophie Cunningham repeating is not out of the question, but I don't think that you rely on it. Uh, kind of like you guys were saying before. So for me, if Brittany Griner can push herself into the game more so than she did tonight, tonight I think she got what sixteen points. If she's at 24-25, I think Mercury have a real shot. I think she needs to step up to make up for the fact that Sophie's not going to be able to go 86% from the arc every single night. So um, that's my feeling on it as far as the, the Mercury's chances. That said, I'll, I'll give my picks for the, the upcoming games. I'm going to go Phoenix and Minnesota. And uh, yeah, I, if people have questions about why I picked those, I can explain it more later. But um, you guys have a good night. I got to run. Sorry for jumping off in the middle of an episode. Hey. Okay. No, you're good. Uh, Much love, Jason. Jason. Mm, big love, man. <laughs> you're listening in your car. Wave bye to Jason. <laughs> if you're if you're in your car in Dallas, maybe wave to Jason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot that his thumbnail when he's not on is uh, Swanson. <laughs> yeah, right. I made sure that was ready to go when um, he helped off. <laughs> let's let's. I guess we'll follow Jason's lead and just stick with it. Let's hit predictions for this matchup. Um. And. To be to be weird and non-traditional, I'm just going to go ahead and start because usually the host finishes. So I'm going to start on this one. I'm going Phoenix on this one because when I made my initial playoff predictions, 
that's what I said. I said Phoenix win the first game. I thought they'd upset Seattle and it would move them into the semis. Um, and we talk about the semis when they happen. And I saw enough tonight to, I really didn't see enough tonight to refute that call. And I could definitely see it happening. Um, I think the, the Skylar Diggins Smith, Jewel Lloyd matchup to me is kind of the story. Um, also can Mercedes Russell potentially do enough to slow down the Mercury's front court? And I don't know if it's there. I think Griner's had a strong enough of a season that she can put consistent points on the board. Um, you know, the battle of the Irish with Skydig and Jewel Lloyd's going to be a lot of fun. I just, I feel, I feel Mercury here. That's where I'm going to go with it. I don't know if we're giving scores, but they'll win by a number of points. I'm going to, uh, so I'm going to, I, I, Logan, I don't think we went with scores last time. I think we just said, you know, who's going to go, who's going to win. Um, I'm going to go ahead and make my prediction. I, I will say that Seattle wins because Jewel Lloyd, playoff Jewel Lloyd is such a real thing. Okay. She's, she always, she's the type of player that always turns up her game to 11 when the playoffs come around. Whether Stewie plays or not, I think See, Jewel Lloyd is enough yeah. to make to make this game like um, to make a difference here. Now, mm-hmm. I think this is going to go down to the wire, much like the like the Liberty uh, Phoenix game. But I like, I feel like Seattle kind of has had Phoenix's number as of late, and uh, and uh, seriously, playoff Jewel Lloyd is a real. Thing. So that that's where I'm going yeah. with that when the I got cur- Seattle. The curiosity there for me is playoff Jewel Lloyd hasn't been scoring Jewel Lloyd. Um, playoff yeah. playoff Jewel Lloyd has been does everything else Jewel Lloyd. When when she's the A one, I'm interested to see uh, where that dynamic shifts. And by the way, I legitimately t- t- Jersey's right there behind me. I, if anyone believes in Jewel Lloyd's ability to to, to take over a game, it's, it's Steve. But um, I, I'm interested to see how put like when the onus is on her, how it's going to go down. So I, I totally believe in the potential there. Um, so I, I just wanted to make that comment of like, I get the playoff jewel. Yeah. Take, it's just going to be, this will be a whole different route for her. She's been so willing the last two to three seasons to step back and say, like, tell me my role and I'll commit to it a hundred percent. And it's going to help us win. And it's happened. Right. And this time, this it's kind of handing her like you're the star. Let's see. Let's see what happens. It's going to be an interesting. Yeah, uh, I'm just thinking, especially recently, last year. You know, in six playoff games that they had last year, she shot so well. She went forty percent from three, fifty five from the field, and had nearly eighteen points a game. Now that's sharing with Stewie, and if Stewie's not in, I think that she's got to step up that role a little bit. And she's got to put more more uh, you know points up. Um, but she does, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I think that's another reason why is it's not just scoring Jewel Lloyd, but you know, she's rebounding, she's assisting, she's stealing, like, like she does so much on the court, like outside of just scoring that I think so many people like put her as a scorer, but what you just said is true. Like she is so, she, she turns every element of her game up to 11 and I I'm really excited to see if we're going to get that version of jewel Lloyd on Sunday. Yeah. Now Logan, it sounded like you were on a similar vein than Kyle. And then I think I might've cut you off, but tell me if I'm wrong. I I've really, the whole time you've been talking, I've been going back and forth because I do think 
Brittany Griner is going to have a good game. In fact, with I, I think Jason said 25 or 26 points. That's what she did against them at the end of the year. Um, but it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't enough to, to get the win. She had 26 and 13 and they still lost by nine. So there's a version of events where Griner has a great game and Mercedes, uh, Russell, uh, just lost me. Mercedes Russell and, and Ezzy Magnaport, uh, do enough. And, and I think that's what you ask of them this game. Do enough. Grab some mm-hmm. rebounds, get some easy put back buckets, be a presence inside, do enough. And then Jewel Lloyd's going to have to score a lot of points. I mean, Sue Bird's not going to be out there being your big scorer. Um, obviously we've, we've seen it before and she's a, she's a big stage player too. And, and we've seen it, you know, for 20 years in Seattle. So she's not going to be afraid of this moment, but I think Sue Bird's going to be best serving her team in this matchup as a, as a facilitator. Um, I think you give Jewel Lloyd as many shots as she wants to take. I know like, you've got Katie Lou Sandelson, who's like shooting over 45% from the floor this year. She only took four shots in that end of season win. Uh, Jewel went 12 of 23. So, I mean, if, if mm. she's not feeling it early, certainly you want to get other people involved. And I think Katie Lou's a good alternative, but it, it really is going to come down to like, neither team's going to be able to do much to stop. Jim and Griner from doing their thing, but in that scenario, I think we've seen the, the Jim's play can win out. So I'm going to take yeah. Seattle 87 to 85. Very cool. All right, everyone, that concludes the first installment of this kind of two part episode reviewing the Phoenix Mercury, the New York Liberty, and the upcoming game uh, between the the Mercury and the Seattle Storm. So I hope you enjoyed that. Once again, pay attention. Keep your eyes on our feed for when that next episode drops. Like I said, it should be either later today or early tomorrow. Uh, and hopefully you enjoyed that. And we will have more reactions for you after the next uh, set of games here on Sunday. And uh, until then, uh, for WNBA Nation, I'm Jason Snow. And we got you next time.